Welcome, listeners, to today's show. Have you ever wondered how some have the ability to overcome their struggles and become successful through their own adversities? Some may label it as luck, fate, or chance if they themselves are unable to climb out of their life challenges. Well, it's not luck. It's definitely not fate, and it's certainly not chance. And I have Rocky Singh. CEO of Hair Maiden in India, who has overcome tragedies, struggles, and trauma that most of us don't face in a lifetime. I want to hear from Rocky tell you how you can overcome these kind of challenges. Let's welcome Rocky to the show and find out how we can overcome anything and become a strength to our younger generation. Hi, Rocky. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Blessings. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited to have you on board and just able to hear your wonderful story about how you just came over all these life challenges. Rocky, let's let the listeners know who you are and how did you overcome these challenges that you've had? Definitely, definitely. Well, um, as you said, my name is Rocky Singh Candola. I'm 34 years old, currently living in Southern California. I was born and brought up, uh, you know, all over the world, born in the Bronx, New York, brought up everywhere from Mexico to Canada to India, uh, to different schools and institutions all across the planet. And I'll dive more into that later on. Currently, I am here in Los Angeles on the west side, uh, running a successful business that I founded and started myself about seven years ago after I lived for about 10 years in and out of everything from street violence to gangs to drugs to prisons to jails to rehabs and everything and overcoming that was kind of like the, one of the last steps of uh, my recent journey but before that as a child you know I used to I love traveling always I love the beach I love playing sports and tennis however most of my childhood 12 to 18 was also about a combination of nine different boot camps facilities and institutions across the world a couple of them I was even kidnapped out of my bed and they've been closed and shut down now due to child abuse rape trauma torture all kind of things. In fact, Paris Hilton recently shed a lot of light on one of the schools in particular called Provo Canyon I and mean, did a YouTube documentary called This is Paris or This is Me, I believe. And she really shed a lot of light into what happens at these schools and the abuse and the trauma and the long-term uh, consequences and implications of doing this to kids at an early age and what that means for society and those individuals later on in the future. That, amongst other things, were, were some of the bigger hurdles I had to tackle as a, as a very, very young child, which until recently I didn't explore in myself. Now as an adult, adult problems and, and different things in life going on, I was forced once again to kind of relook back in my past. And that's kind of where I am now is, is running a business successfully, having the time to kind of do more internal work and, and healing in order to help myself. And in turn, you know, as entrepreneurs, we all know that helping ourselves uh, really, really does have very, very uh, strong correlations to helping your business as well. And so, you know, that's kind of where I am now. And, and yeah. Rocky, oh my goodness. I don't know where to begin. To listen to your story bring a lot of emotions in me. I am sure the first thing that we can hear is shock that things still go on in our country as such. You have a lot of topics that I really do want you to cover. One is how does one stay safe, first of all, in the schools, if it goes on within the school grounds? And two, I want you to touch a little bit on, if you don't mind, prison, the life of drugs and violence. How did you get? It's too sensitive a topic. We can move forward. But I just want to understand before we talk about your business, what did you do and how did you overcome these challenges as a young child? I like to say, and I've, I've came to understand now that everything had with a purpose for a reason. All the things that I've went through, actually, I, I look back now and I realize that basically, and I hate to say it because I would never want anyone else to go through the same thing. The lessons I've learned and the place and the man I've 
going through all of it, I'm very grateful for. If I can back up and start, you know, at the beginning, when I was Please. 11, when I was 11, I started getting sent around. And um, my dad was a very traditional Indian father, a cardiologist, physician, very well respected. And he moved the family down to a very southern town in Mississippi where there was no other Indian families. Kids we played with were just down there living there like the regular kids. Just not a, not Indian kids, basically. I would want to hang out, play with them, go out, play tennis. And my father wanted me to stay home and study. So at an early age, he started really bumping heads. And he sent me off to India for seven months to live alone in the very beginning. And with like some random family there, which honestly, looking back now, I loved. As a kid, I was like missing my family and kind of scared. I traveled the country alone. I hopped on buses and went to Chennai from Delhi, the job and played random tennis tournaments and got in all kind of trouble and stuff. So it was like kind of, that kind of started the, the pattern in my life of being strong, free spirit, independent, kind of going where I want to go, you know, wanting to explore and having that kind of like desire in me just to see what's out there. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and, and we'll see kind of like in my younger ages, that kind of, I didn't really understand that as a mature sense. I understood it more as like a dangerous sense which when i got back from india i thought i was old enough to start driving and eventually i was uh, pulled over by the police and the next day i was supposed to go to tennis camp and instead i was on a plane to a boot camp in ensenada mexico called the worldwide association of specialty programs or wwasp they've now you know changed their names and, and opened new businesses but basically these are for-profit businesses that prey on the problems that societies and families have personally with parents, kids, and kids as a parent. They manipulate parents and the kids will have, you know, great education, beautiful area, beautiful place, the best food, et cetera, et cetera, good medical care and psychological care. However, none of that could be further from the truth. The level of abuse physically, verbally, sexually, mentally goes on in these places made for me later on in life, made prison almost a joke. Prison was very easy for me. Don't get me wrong. Like I hated it. And comparatively, it was like, wow, this is, I would much rather be here any day than these places as a kid. I'm kind of giving a very rough overview. I've gone into detail on my blogs and other people online have, as I mentioned, Paris Hilton has as well. For me, you know, I've faced everything from physically being abused and fell out of my chair at 12 years old, kicked down the hallway and had my stomach. My back sat on facing my stomach with my hands and feet tied behind my back for, I don't know if it was like one, two, three, four days. I have no idea, honestly. It felt like forever, but when I stood up, my entire body cramped. And when you get to these places, your head shaved, your clothes ripped off, your things are taken, you start getting screamed at. You're sleeping in a hallway for 10 days. You get woken up with curse words in Spanish, yelling and banging pots and pans. You get woken up at 2 o'clock in the middle of the night to sit outside in the rain and count down and make sure everyone in the camp or the facility is still there. All kind of little rules and games. You're not allowed to communicate with anybody inside or with anybody in the outside world. That's kind of like a rough overview of WWASP. And I went through these facilities as a kid on boot camps and other institutions. But as you can imagine, you know, by the time when I graduated high school from another facility, which is crazy because the second facility I went to, I was kidnapped out of my bed at two o'clock in the morning with my handcuffs cuffed and my ankles cuffed by two men so tall that they had to turn the fan off in my room, I remember. They escorted me all the way to this facility that was now in Canada called Academy at Ivy Ridge. The director of, at Academy at Ivy Ridge was Jason Finlinson, the same director at Casa by the Sea who kicked me down the stairs in the hallway and tied my hands and feet behind my back. That was like, I don't, I can't even express like the way I felt back then because it was so long ago. And it was, it was one of those feelings like when your ears ring and your heart kind of stops a little bit and you just like, you're in so much fear and you're, you can't do anything, you're stuck, your hands mm -hmm. are But eventually I made it through that nine months there almost. And when I got out, you couldn't tell me anything. I was a grown man at 17. I wanted to see the world, do the world, attack the world. I didn't have any care, respect, or I didn't even know what authority figures were. That meant nothing to me. At 17, 18, when I started college, I had already had a little bit of experience in getting a little bit of marijuana and selling it here and there to my friends and this and that. It's a very common in the South, everywhere these days. But after I started college, I really quickly moved into heavier drugs, selling in, in, in large circles, everything from robbing to being robbed to 
being shot at, the shooting at others, the prisons and jails and boot camps and everything until eventually I wound up with a, a large uh, distribution of controlled substances charge for cocaine for selling <clears throat> where they had undercover operations. Police took me. I ended up doing like a year in jail, about a year in rehab, about two years in prison, multiple probation classes and this and that. It took about seven and a half, eight years of my life in total. And meanwhile, during the time when I was like going through, I was still in the same lifestyle. It didn't really change me. I was selling and going crazy still. And I was eventually assaulted downtown in Mobile. I lost half my face and my jaw. And in fact, there's a bone out of my head that was placed in my jaw to keep my teeth in on this side. Otherwise, I would have no teeth. I actually went to prison like that. And I had to have emergency surgery in prison because of metal stuck out of my mouth all of a sudden uh, one day and it started bleeding eventually it sounds crazy but looking back now it's like wow like it's, it's all i didn't think i was going to make it through it then sometimes because it was i was on drugs and i was on medication and i was going through life problems and i was depressed and i was upset i was selling and i was still in the same lifestyle and multiple women and, and just waking up in different places until even after prison i jumped back in the same lifestyle got out and i was, I was going to do a smarter and i kind of started getting into it until one day my dad came to me in November 4th, 2012. We never got along. I never really listened to him. But what he said kind of like, hey, Rocky, you know, you're out of prison. You have your teeth back. You're not asking us for money anymore. You're not living here. I don't know what's going on. I think maybe you should go away and I'll pay for you to get out of the country. But Utah would say no immediately, especially as an adult. He'd me around all, all the time as a kid. I'm not letting you send me somewhere now. But I don't know what came over me. I think it was the outside energy or higher power. Something just was like, Rocky, go. And mind you, at this time, I was connected to that identity of dope boy, party animal, playboy, man, the circle, the cars, the house, the money, the, the friends, the girlfriends, this and that. That was who I was. And I got, honestly, looking back, thinking on my mindset then, I really didn't see or want or care to have anything different. I was like, this is who I am. That day, something that night, I remember something just kind of let me, you know what, just go. And the girls I was dating, the guys I was working with in the streets, the houses I had, the cars, I even brought back a full pill bottle of drugs of oxycontin pills and i gave it to my dad that's what i was doing one of the things i was doing i left it with him and i was like you know what? i'm going i left everything and everyone behind on a one-way ticket told everyone i was leaving and went to india and just started living clean and that was seven years ago and you know, i've had a lot of ups and downs a lot of backward stuff even close encounters where i would almost get in a lot of trouble or make bad decisions however in the last seven years i've learned to realize now that when i am having that negative mindset that those bad ways of thinking or those Know, negative ways of thinking i know how to catch myself now if i start going down that path a little bit if i start for me it's subtle because i had to let go of my music my movies my friends my habits all that so for me i notice like if i start listening to something too much like long or i'm starting to like want to watch these action or crazy movies i'm like wait a minute right? like you're forgetting like you really are here to do what you really want to do it's okay to like generally just help and enjoy yourself down the time but don't let that be the overwhelming noise going in your brain all day and that was key for me to really understand myself enough to know that I can have the answers in myself if I quiet the surroundings enough to actually listen to myself. And that's still tough to this day to do. I have to really remind myself, Rocky, you can have the answers no matter what's going on, how crazy it's not, how tough it is. Like, if you slow down and do the same things you did before, it'll all come back to you, so you take your time. You know, I went in kind of detail. It's kind of like an overview. <laughs> that's an amazing story. When you went to India, I think that was more of a detox moment for you. Yeah. How did you overcome the trauma? What were the initial steps that you took in order to say hey rocky this is enough gotta stop this many people are not able to take that first 
first step? I agree. Well, well, first of all, I didn't recognize it as trauma in the past. And I just, I, I was a certain way. I had certain fears. I had certain this and that, or things made me upset and triggers. I didn't really dive into where it was coming from. So I like to say that like overcoming trauma, healing and growing is never like a linear thing. There's no like point A, point B, and it's not like a race. It's kind of like a dance it happens over time and you, you got to be adaptable and comfortable and blow with it. Kind of. For me, like I'm still currently uh, overcoming and and healing from a lot of things that I didn't really think were a big deal anymore. I didn't, for me, I've had these nightmares since I was 13 where I wake screaming in prison and boot camp and jail at my girlfriend's house and my friend's house. They've all heard me waking up screaming and saying things. And I've always like, I've never really thought like, why does this keep happening? Really realizing like reading my old journals from like when I was in boot camp and writing about it and talking about it. I started to realize like how many things were controlling and like I get chills talking about it sometimes because I realized how much of that stuff was controlling me. It was so subtle in the back of my mind. It would but make me like make a decision differently from everything from like how I'd look at a situation on the street between two people or between me and someone or how I look at a relationship between me and a loved one or even a business transaction. We have these ways of programming and that for me, a lot of that programming was just so like fear mode, like survive, rock, survive, don't die, fight back, don't trust anybody because they're all going to screw you over. And as an adult and even as a teen and like a mid-adult that hurt me so much without knowing it and now that i'm conscious of it i try like daily thing now i have to realize that stuff that i went through as a child put these programmings in me and now as an adult not impossible and it's, it is somewhat of a battle but it makes tough it makes who you are and it, it allows you to overcome so much more and not only that like now i my parents are still alive both of them i'm blessed for that some of our friends aren't i know that there's more troubles coming up in my future with family and things and before i remember 10 years ago i used to be like in anxiety and just in different life lifestyles like i'll think about it sometimes it would overwhelm me i'd be like, man like i don't even have a job right now like they take care of me like what like, i'm selling weed on the street like what am i gonna do they're gonna be gone i never told them how i felt and now like conscious in my mind i, I talk to them as much as i can and let them know they're tough to deal with many times. Yes. I deal with it better now. So I changed, you know, like the way I look at it versus for them for the last 20 years, they've been telling me, Rocky, like we're going to die soon. We're going to die soon. And I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> like, cause it drives me crazy. But I, I learned to change the way, the way I take that in versus the, what I can't do, which is change the way or the fact they say it. Amazing. When you went through these initial cleansing period, is that when you realized I need to put a break? That's when you had the aha moment about your business? For the business, the aha came. Like, so I wrote the business plan in prison, actually, with a cellmate with snuck in cell phones. We would call his sister and his girlfriend and asked them about prices on the market, what was selling, what was hot. And we write like a one-page business plan, which I actually still have to this day. And which is like when I'm in India, I started thinking of what should I do with my life now? Um, I tried a couple of different things, everything from owning a liquor store in India to a restaurant in India to a club in India. And finally the hair thing came in front of me and I made a Facebook post about it. And all my friends from high school like, oh my God, you have hair, bring it. For me, the moment was right there. Boom, I made the decision and didn't look back seven years ago. However, it was also centered around something else, which is core to me and my business and just who I am is community. Like I really wanted a business and I really wanted to be in a relationship because I want to have my people, my group, my family, people that care about me, people that I care about, people that are aligned with me, that we're growing together in the same path. And in a business sense, we're also getting paid from it. In the beginning, and now that's my ex-wife now, which I learned a lot from my relationship and we're good friends now, it just didn't work out. At that time, I had to show her family, she has an Indian family. What are you going to do? I'm like, you're a convict inside of prison, sell drugs, you go crazy. All my life is public it's on facebook they knew it and i told them about it honestly like what are you going to do and i was like well this is my business plan i'm starting this hero company it's going to do good and i'm very persuasive when i want to be and so like they're like yes you can do it and in the back of my mind at the same time i was like i don't know how 
I'm going to make money enough for two people without ever selling drugs and selling the scare product. I mean, it took three or four years. So I actually made money. So I actually taught tennis on the side and started going in relationships with her. And when, when me and her actually broke off in California, we came to California on a whim to try out business here. She left after two weeks and I was left to be homeless. I was living with her family, kind of living out of a minivan, staying in hostels, living on the side of the road and warehouses and drinking every day and just like sad and crying and following my friends, really bad on myself and just laying down outside in bathrooms in Hollywood, like doing blow and just like really downhill. At the same time during the days, I don't know how, I would still find a way to work and hustle and just drive to people in LA and bring them my products and just be, they could tell I think I had pain in me and I was still working. Like they could see that I was just like a real person. I was like, I'm here for you. I'll drive to you whenever you want to. I live in LA now. I'm, I have the hair with me. Like, whenever you need it, call me 24 seven. I'm a minute away and I'll bring it to you. And I started to see my normal hustle, like the way I did the illegal stuff in a legit business world was actually getting very well received and respected. And I better tighten it up and maybe I can do something with it. Eventually in all that, I found, I think on May, I think on in Mayo, four years ago, I quit meat, I quit music, I quit weed, I quit, I quit everything, so many things. And my friend from Asia came to live with me a little bit while my ex-wife had left. And I literally changed. I went to yoga, meditation, breathwork classes. I made that routine, started listening to YouTube videos, reading books, only positivity in me. And that's when, like, I had the aha moment. Mm -hmm. I actually eventually got her back. One of those things, like, when you push, 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 and it's not meant to be, it would end up, you know, going downhill. Stayed together for a year and she left again. As the universe have you, like, I had another aha moment when she left again. <laughs> and I decided to let go of everything I've accumulated. Like, all my, my loft downtown, 600 square foot, beautiful across from Staples Center. All the electronics and TVs and suits and clothes and shoes and everything. This is July of this year, actually. In the business, you know, was actually doing great. I mean, I gave it all away for the homeless and the people around me, the friends, everything. I knocked it all down to a whole large loft apartment, the one suitcase for carry-on, one suitcase for check-in, tennis bag, and a backpack. And that's all I have now. I mean, I started living in hostels and, you know, hotels here and there. Really simply, like, not really, I don't really have many wants and needs. I kind of dress simple. My jewelry is for my family. I like to travel and, and, and enjoy good people and company. Living in a hostel, I was actually blessed to meet my current girlfriend, and the current small like, group of circle I have in LA that I, you know, I'm friends with. And that was just on taking a leap of faith after business doing good. I was feeling stuffed in downtown. I lived there with my ex-wife. I had a lot of memories there. I was alone. I was like, oh, like kind of like in a place where like, I was getting spiritual. I was doing meditation, but then COVID happened, forced to do it alone. And like, I was like crying alone, like pulling my hair out at home. It's going kind of wild and crazy. And then the riots happened downtown, downtown LA riot. Everything just started to kind of like started snowballing. And I was like, you know what? I've been thinking about leaving this place, starting over. My family thinks it's a bad idea. My friends do. I remember what I did a couple of years when I disconnected. I'm going to do that again. I stopped answering their calls, my friends. All my friends were like, what's going on? Like, oh, we're not talking to us and come hang out at my house. Like, are we not friends anymore? And I was like, I just need a little time. And then, because I asked them and all what are against it. The next time they're talking, they're like, Rocky, are you living in a hostel in Venice Beach? Like, and you gave all your things away? Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And my business took off. Like, at that point in July, like, the amount of stuff I've been blessed with, business-wise, life-wise, it literally is it's just so crazy. I, I find, like, a need that I feel like it's coming when I have to make another shift again. And that shift is going to be doing that one thing that I'm a little scared to do because I was very scared to leave downtown not only my family and my business going good and my personal thing but i'm a convicted felon it's hard for me to get a place even i was scared that i might not be able to get a place right. or a business offer and it all worked out and i'm sitting here happy today and yeah just it, it all works out with that leap of faith that taking a break and that pushing forward rocky your business currently is on a successful path would you say it's because of the changes you've made mentally i love that you asked that it's such a tough question to answer because like as a business owner that actually helps other clients too and i'm a coach and 
I kind of help them and mentor them in their businesses for hair. You want to say, hey, there's a lot of things you have to do business-wise to make a business work. Right. And what I actually found recently only actually is so scary to say it's all in your heart and it's all in your mind everything else is scary to say but it just comes obviously there's certain things you need to do or whatever right you're like and you probably know those things as a business owner or someone that wants to do business the rest of it is up here and in here it took me so long to get that and i still lose that flow and that connection every once in a while of knowing that but when i remind myself and even you ask me about it remind myself like it just kind of makes me warm inside because like that's the main things you work on and everything else literally will flow to you it just falls into place doesn't it it does from your experience what are a few things that you can explain to our listeners are going through current struggles or have gone through and they're still stuck in that mindset what are some of the advice you can give them that hey you have it in you yeah so first of all like especially like this mindset of like dealing with pain and coming from pain i know very well tried to fight it a lot as a man in in our society today it's almost tough to even let it out many times and i'm open about it i don't really feel weird about it however in the past i have first of all like if you're feeling hurt and pain cry man let it out man woman child young old whatever you identify as like whatever you think society thinks of you like forget it all let it out scream cry go to the bathroom i used to go to the bathroom and cry and then I, like when i needed to scream i'd go to the mountains in topanga and just scream and cry out there but let it out and do it especially in this time i'm not one to just say don't drink ever don't smoke ever whatever but during this time do it for your state of mind really feel it like let it hurt worse like let it really hurt you let it really feel it go through it in that time I tried to find people to talk to, friends. They helped a little bit to listen. At the end of the day, the things that really helped me was tuning into real positive people on like YouTube, such as like Ralph Smart, Wayne Dyer, Eckhart Tolle, Tim Ferriss. All these guys have amazing, amazing free content out. Jay Shetty, that just is so helpful and is so inspirational. And they were my mentors. And they, I cried with them and I laughed with them and I listened to them every single day on repeat all day long. And they really like, I've written a couple of them on Instagram and never got a response back. But I've written them and said, like, bro, I wish you knew. There's been times like I was really ready to like kill myself. I'm like, I was really ready. Like I was on the ground crying. And like just your words and the way you said it and your message, like it just, they, they guided me. And, and like, that's kind of like who I want to be now. Other people more and more slowly is someone able to do that. First of all, like, you know, let it feeling it. And then, you know, getting help, especially to, you know, talk about it or hear about positivity. And then taking that leap of faith, man, like entrusting yourself. You do have it within you. You probably think you don't if you're feeling pain right now. You probably don't see the other side of it. You really do. And you'll, on the other side, you'll laugh at it. And one thing I have to caution to everybody, this is a big thing for me. After dealing with so much pain and trauma, this is very personal, like, but it could be said to anybody, maybe. We start to almost, for lack of a better term, become addicted to it. It's almost, you have to know that you're in that level to know that things are okay, that good life is there. You can really get to that point and then focus in on it. That's, I, I think that's kind of point. When it's like a real aha moment, people that are in extreme pain, extreme depression, is when you can see it kind of like not as the person feeling it, but as like the person watching the person feeling it and understand that kind of, it it becomes really powerful. And that's almost like the place that I'm in now when it comes to that. And it's so amazing seeing this. It's it's all within us, guys. Like anybody listening or paying attention, there's so much to be like found out there and so much help to get. But what you're going to do is you're going to take all that and you're going to put it in you and you're going to know like this all was within you anyway. And now you've heard it in different ways and you'll articulate it or put it in whatever semantics you want to put it in. Whatever titles you want to put on it, it'll be yours. And it just takes that time, that disconnection, that going through the motions, going through the pain, sharing about it, feeling about it, and being honest with yourself and taking that leap of faith and trusting yourself. You're one of the most real people that I have met and I really appreciate you. It's not easy for someone to be so vulnerable and to speak from their heart. I think that you are able to openly 
talk about the pain and the struggle and in, whether it's your relationship, whether it's coming to terms with your own mindset, whether it's the drugs, whatever it may be, all because you fought for it, you believed in yourself that you can overcome these struggles and you're worth it. That makes you a real person, makes you a strong believer. I, I commend you for that. And I think anyone who's listening, the Jay Shetty's the world, are definitely going to reach out to you. I have faith in that. I want you to talk because you're going to get me really emotional. <laughs> Thank you for communicating and giving the feedback to our listeners, the business aspect of it, right? Let's talk about that a little bit. My listeners are type who want to improve in their lifestyle, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. To go over that hurdle, as you mentioned, which is to get to the next level of their promotion and the next level of their success, you definitely understood that it's all about the mental, the mindset, and the heart. The business aspect what else can you explain how to get to that next level? What made you where you were from selling in your minivan or your car to where you are right now? And, and the biggest, the easiest and the biggest, the best answer I can give you is, is simple. It's hustle. People start businesses every day. I see people in the business world every day. 10 times out of 10, the people that do good or the people that you can tell they have like a hustle about. People that meet me in the business world like, uh, that don't even know hair, they'll work with me in the hair extension industry just because they can tell. Okay, this kid's a hustler. He's ready to work. He's going to answer his phone. He's going to be there. He's going to get into it. In the beginning, I would go to trade shows anywhere I could. I would get on Google and call somebody randomly. I would show up at their salon, ask for an appointment at 4 o'clock, bring my products in. So hustle, hustle, hustle has been like the one thing because I've made so many mistakes. Like I honestly, the company could have been lost so many times, like so many times, <laughs> even with bad product and clients and arguments and so much stuff in the beginning. Like, but you know, I've overcame because I never, ever gave up. In the very beginning, not the very beginning, a couple of years after I started, I made a rule. I think I read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I think that's where I made the rule from, but I made a rule to have. 20 tabs on my Google Chrome calendar browser that I pull up every day. And I didn't know what to do ever, right? I started the business. I took pictures. I posted some stuff online. What am I supposed to do? Is that it? Is everything done? That's how it was back then. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I actually work on now? There's so much to do. Back then, I just had to really learn to like actually start doing things. So I'd have like Facebook ads. I'd have my website. I'd have my email. I would have, you know, Pinterest. I would have analytics. I would have, you know, something I was learning. I'd have a YouTube video. And every day I would make sure to go into every one of those tabs and at least once a day spend about five to 10 minutes on each tab. Even if I was in the back end of MailChimp, not knowing what to do and just like learning how to create a template. Because I didn't know anything in the beginning. I had to learn all this. I was, I'm always been tech savvy. I was been business savvy. I was that kid that was doing lemonade stands and cutting grass and selling baseball cards as a kid. But I didn't know like the software side, the, the immense power that we have at our fingertips these days from marketing, from data, from analytics, from sales, what we can do with it. If you really take the time to make yourself, hey, I'm going to do this every day, 10 minutes, I'm going to work on my business. Oh, those are the very beginning stages. As you move along, I've learned that the scale and the speed up that your systems that you have in place are basically what does it. Because right now I'm going back and building my systems for a team. Because after my ex-wife left, I basically started making the business to run for myself. And a year ago, I started making, a year and a half ago, I started making the amount of money where I'm okay alone. I, you know, I don't have a very, I'm okay making that much alone, but I, I can't pay others unless I scale it. So then I started working on my team. And now I'm noticing, oh, wow, I need way better systems in place in order to scale my team. I was okay for me. I was making a nice, a nice amount of money. I handled my client's relationship within my phone. I, I had a spreadsheet. But bringing a team in, now I've implemented like HubSpot, CRM. Clover SDK integrations for our payments in store and, and different phone lines and all those systems become very important. 
Uh, at the end of the day, like we're saying in the beginning, it's all about your mind and your heart. I notice it, man. Like when I'm having like a flow day and doing good internally, it's so crazy. The sales will just come in. I'm not trying to. <laughs> They'll just come in like at, at that time and our good things will happen and on days like when I'm really in my head or something really affected me and I'm just kind of cloudy internally, I won't have any sales, like, period. And that hardly ever happens anymore because like I'm not like that usually anymore. Like, you know, everyone has their days. And I notice it really clearly and I'm like, oh, wow, Rock, you're having a quote unquote bad day today. Your dad sent a, a messed up message to you also. Your, your business didn't do anything. Your website broke. Your laptop cracked. All happens at once. <laughs> And then and you just you, have to wash that off. Say, no, 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 no. I need to get back on track here. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's the big thing. Entrepreneur, we have to be able to adapt. If we can always roll with the flow, uh, roll with the punches type of thing, you're, you're going to always make it and be good. Thank you. Let's backtrack a little bit on how you can support the family members to understand when a child is going through a, a bit of a struggle. You went through a lot. I want you to speak from your heart when it comes to our listeners. Or it could be family members, could be parents, could be grandparents. What are some of the signs you've noticed or you should have other family members be aware where children need that support? Children need that help. We want the cycle to stop. As you mentioned, we want the younger generation to get that strength and support. Got it. And, and I'm still like this as an adult. It goes, you know, it's obvious for children. They absorb everything you say. They're very, they're very influenced, very easily influenced as well. I mean, they absorb a lot of things. As a child, this is speaking personally. Like I was kind of told that I was a bad boy quite a bit and I was doing bad and doing wrong things. Regardless of whether or not I was, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Titling and telling and telling kids about that and, and that kind of like tone and that language and that, that daily kind of like talk you're putting in them. It affects it so much later. As an adult, I, I realized, like, oh, I'm a bad boy. I don't have to do I, I, don't, I shouldn't be expected. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad dramatic. That's a very big thing, I think. that's. I just had to say that from the personal aspect. General aspect, um, kids are always going to have, <laughs> kids are always going to have, like, issues and problems and things come up, and they're always going to have you know, family and parent issues. To, to kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of what happened to me and what I try to, the message I try to spread, if you ever have a parent that gets to the point of, hey, I want to send my child away, Right, there's two there's two sides basically. It's one, I'm gonna deal with it at home, I'm gonna do it as best I can, we're, we're not gonna send them away, regardless of how I feel, whatever it is, they're gonna be dealt with here. We're gonna have to you know punish them or talk to them, wherever it be. Or two, we can't handle it, I send them away. I'm speaking this second to the people that are ready to send their kids away because it's most important in my opinion for kids right. right now. These schools that I went to are still available, are still very prevalent in our society. I encourage those parents to take a pause, really do some research online. The biggest thing. It's not a horrible thing to send your child away to a possibly a good school or you have good you know, friends and you know, group and education. But you want to make sure you're doing the research because many of these schools are for-profit businesses and they're very manipulative. Online, there's a hashtag called Breaking Code Silent. I mean, there's also many Facebook groups, Troubled Teen History, Casa by the Sea, Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs. And all the survivors, what we call ourselves, our brothers and sisters, We've compiled lists of claims and abuse on all the different schools that are having you know, red flags and things. Really definitely reach out to some of those groups on Facebook or Google and kind of do a lot of research into the place where you're deciding to send your, your child for whatever reason. Now, backtracking in the beginning and saying, you know, for the person that really just wants to help the child and doesn't know what to do sitting at home. As a parent, obviously I'm not a parent, so I can't answer that question. As a child, I would say, you know, I wanted to be talked to and understood more and and more time. My parents, you know, gave me a lot of time. You know, they gave me everything I wanted as a kid. I was just very 
intelligent, very wild, motivated, ready to do things to the world and, and older than my age, basically. You know, I wasn't getting into drugs and drinking at an early age, but I was definitely they were thinking I was leaning that way. I think one of the biggest things you can do is, is communication. Not in the Indian parent sense, and I hate to say it like that, but they're very like lay down the law, kind of strict, this is what it is. The type of kid I am, I don't respond to that. After prison, I got back into drugs. After my face was ripped off, I was in the club in, like the next week with, a, with medicine in me. Hearing me, hitting me, that doesn't do anything to me. Yeah. Um, the, the internal changes and, and the emotional and the connection, that's where I'll change. And I think as an adult, and I give credit to the kids of these right now generation because I see it within them. They have the emotional capacity. Whether or not they're mature with it or not yet, they do have the capacity to connect and understand versus to be told or to be corrected or to be punished in order to, to produce a change or understanding with them. And I think that as adults, like we should start really respecting that and showing them that and maybe learning to connect with them on, on that level. I think many times as a parent, I can imagine it'll be very tough to do. Maybe get your child involved in a community like brothers and sisters, big brothers and sisters, or are looking for role models. I think role models are the most important because they say the five people around you can kind of point you to the type of person you are. And that's why for me, I, I didn't have the people I wanted around me. My homeboys and my homegirls and my friends, I didn't talk to them. I listened to Ralph Smart and Wayne Dyer and you know Tim Ferriss and, and Jay Shetty and Joe Dispenza and Frederick Dawson, all these people on YouTube and online, and they were my, my mentors, my saviors, my friends, my teachers, and people that I still quote from and pull from their material to this today. Before we sign out, Rocky, is there anything else you would like folks to understand how they can reach out to you or do you have anything to add? Yeah, my name is Rocky Sencandola. My website is just rockycandola.com. On my website, I have links to all my other businesses, my vacation rental company, my CBD tea company, my hair company and everything. I, I do answer my phone directly for my businesses. However, if something you heard about this touched you in an emotional sense, not a business sense, I get a lot of business calls every day. I love to hear from you and just talk to you and just about the things we're talking about here. My direct number is 228-596-5678. Like I said, if you're reaching out for business, I answer my phone anyway, but if you need someone to talk to, I would listen to you, I would be more than honored.